0: Introducing this week's guest, Nicole was a professional dominatrix and has used her experience to become a sex and relationship expert. Nicole, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to talk about my past in the sex industry. How does one go about becoming a dominatrix?
2: I grew up in New York City. I had the sex industry right there in my backyard. So it was so out in the open. I picked up the Village Voice and saw an ad Once you saw the ad
0: and called the number, what happened next?
2: They asked me to come in for an interview. It
0: was like a formal job interview. Wow. I am really honestly surprised by that.
2: They asked me a bunch of questions and they wanted to know my personality. And what other training is involved? So they teach you how to either be a submissive or a dominatrix. They help you with the wardrobe. They help you with the commands. I only did dominatrix. They taught me how to use all of the, what we called weapons and tools. And Pandora's box in New York City is just still a really amazing dungeon. I recently went back just for a visit. Now I'm 47. So it's been, I mean, 25 years since I did this. It's just beautiful. They have all different rooms. One is like a Chinese ambassador room, and then there's the medical room. The medical room was always one of my favorites. And then the classroom, they have the dungeon room with a big wheel and a cross. I
0: would absolutely love to
2: see that. Why was the medical one your favorite? That was my favorite, yeah. Tell me yeah. what that's about. It had an obstetrician table in it, and we did lots of enemas, examinations. We played doctor-nurse, or red stilettos. In different costumes. Okay.
0: So (laughs) I want more details. When you very first started, did you have to do further research
2: and role play to like get yourself ready for this? Oh, I did, of course. I'm I'm a nerd. I'm a sex nerd for sure. I love researching. I love reading about it. There wasn't much out there at the time. And now 25 years later, there's so much. Even formal training from professional dominatrixes who have their own program set up. I'm actually working on one. Do you remember the first time doing it? I don't remember my very first time, but I do remember this one time. I was with one of the headmistresses and she had brought this beautiful sword from home. It was like her dad's, right? Better call daddy for his sword. (laughs)
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) She was teasing this guy with the sword and she accidentally cut his dick. No. And I was like, oh my God, I almost fainted. What did he do? He was like screaming in pain and she was like, oh, let me clean it for you. And she threw rubbing alcohol on it. Oh my God, I'm dying. I was dying.
0: And then he started to enjoy it. Has anybody else ever like wanted
2: to be hurt? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a guy who wanted me to kick his teeth in. Did you attempt to? Sure. Sure. I'm not
0: sure I'm ready to like try the act, but can I go there and just watch?
2: You can just watch. Yes. I highly recommend going on a Saturday night. I brought my husband recently. My husband was just like blown away. He's like, this is your past life. Do
0: you feel like you can go back to how you were at that age?
2: Well, I think there's a big difference between now and then. And the biggest difference now is I'm 47 and I don't give a shit what anybody thinks or says. Until now, I've never talked as openly about this. My parents found out and they were like flabbergasted. I run Sex Talk with Nicole. I just started a program for women to have mind-blowing orgasms. I'm still pretty adventurous. And I think that with the confidence I have now, I'd be even better at it. What was that like starting out? I remember it being scary. I started as an escort and they would send me on dates. And then I'd go back to the guy's apartment or hotel. I remember being nervous.
0: Was there anything that you didn't want to do? You set your parameters and you set your boundaries. Did you have like
2: repeat customers? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had my regulars.
0: I've known people to do that, but I've never been able to ask these questions. Did your husband ask you about it? No.
2: I don't think he wants to know. Like, I was that girl in high school that if you wanted to learn how to give a good blowjob, walk in high heels, get your boyfriend to go down on you, you sat at my lunch table.
0: How did you go from being a dominatrix to caring about this big holistic picture? My
2: parents were hippies and they be- became conservative hippies. I was raised in a very natural, very holistic household. Medicine is like our last resort. Even now raising my children, we use medicine last. I'm not like, you know, know, bang the drum kind of hippie, but I can definitely hang with the best hippies. My husband
0: talked me into using a midwife and a doula. He lived on a commune for a year and a half on a mountain in New Mexico. I love that. So he was a total hippie. He also is like anti-medication, into clean eating, taking lion's mane, and wants to do psychedelic research. It's like you said, it's a piece of us. Okay, so you went from having hippie parents and you told me that your mom had you at 16. I put myself
2: through college having sex for money and entertaining as a dominatrix. Worked in the fashion industry for 15 years. It's just a crazy, incredible story. I was young, blonde, innocent looking. And then one day I just decided in my 30s, I wanted to settle down. You
0: wrote an article for Cosmo. What was that about?
2: I was leaving a certain niche of health coaching, and I wrote a post saying that I was working on hormones and that I was no longer working on birth and pregnancy. And I got an email from Cosmo, and they asked me to help with an article on the science of orgasms. And I did, and the article went viral. So the next day, they asked me for another article. That article was on anal orgasm. But a week later, they asked me for an article on sex toys for endometriosis. That article actually went viral in the medical community for endometriosis. Well, how did you know about that? You know, as a holistic health coach, I work with women on pelvic floor and pelvic health. I just thought what would be soothing and what would feel good to a woman with endometriosis. So my answer was a glass, a crystal toy. Let's talk about the aging vulva. What we have to look forward to in perimenopause and menopause is changes in the vagina and in the vulva. First of all, your pubic hair turns gray and it thins out. Things start to dry out on the outside of the vulva. I like to recommend coconut oil. So a lot of the sex toy companies, especially Lilo and Womanizer, they're known for their clit suckers. It's amazing. If you haven't tried it, you have to try it. Are you still writing for Cosmo? I write for them sometimes. Yeah. It's more freelance and more of like featured guest spots. Um, I just did an article with Women's Health Magazine. What's your book going to be about? Women's Hormones and Libido. It's called the Gemma Method. So get balanced by eating libido-loving foods, meditating, masturbating, and sex. That sounds amazing. Sex doesn't have to be dirty, erotic, hanging from the chandelier. It can be as simple as let's balance your hormones so you can have a better connection with your husband or partner and therefore be a better mom. <laughs>
0: Wasn't that an amazing interview? I can't wait to hear what my dad has to say.
1: Well, it's a very interesting, hands-on approach to sexual therapy. That's for sure. I think that when you grow up with very liberal parents and you're looking to find yourself, you can find yourself earlier. She obviously gained confidence and didn't have any inhibitions, but she approached this as a learning experience. And I agree with her that sex can be a wonderful outlet between two people. It should be personal, but in today's... Today's society, sexual encounters have become more and more and more liberal. And someone that has experienced this type of background and can mature and have confidence with it and understand all the mechanisms of the body, it can be a positive thing. And in this case, she did some wild stuff, but it helped her mature and grow as a person. And she's gotten married and has her own life and has settled down. And actually, uh, you could actually call her an expert on all kinds of different sexual behaviors. So it turned out that this type of experience didn't break her, but it actually made her go forward with her life and be able to maybe help others understand different variances with their own sexual identity.
0: You lived in New York. Did you ever uh, know that these kinds of things went on?
1: Well, we had some crazy movies back in my early days, and they talked about these things. There was plenty of X movies and plenty of things went on back then, but a lot of that was not publicized, a lot of stuff was undercover, and... And now we live in a more open communication society. So everything that was hidden behind the closet is coming out. You can see even today that TV shows have all different type of couplings in my day would be really unheard of or certainly against the norm and actually maybe criticized or ostracized if uh, if you did any of those things. But uh, I think we now live uh, again in a new age of communication where everyone has an opportunity to express themselves and not necessarily have to be put in to the closet about any of their feelings.
0: How do you think mom would react if you pulled out a sword?
1: Uh, I think she would call the cops on me. <laughs> 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 that would be it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Grooming on men's below the belt area? Hell yeah. Bring on Manscaped, custom tools and care designed for your specialized needs. And ours too. If you found that entertaining, don't forget to subscribe. Add Better Call Daddy podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com.